everybody and welcome back to This Woman Can. I am your host Janice Sutherland, career strategist for women of colour over the age of 40, that magic mid-career age. Now, can you believe it's the second week, the second week of being back at work of the new year and it's zipping by already and I'm really delighted to share my first interview of my first career transition for 2022 which is Carol Stewart of Abounding Solutions. You're going to hear a lot from her today, a lot from her into the interview we did that was really great to explore how she actually dealt with her career transition, but more importantly, how she planned it, which is something I'm always advocating for my coaching clients. So we're going to listen to how she gained clarity planning her career transition, how she had to redefine the measures of her career success, overcoming that self-doubt, and how a childhood experience led to her accepting herself as an adult. So I really hope you enjoy my first interview of 2022. Oh, and I want to say to you, really stay until the end because I've got some exciting activities coming up for January, especially since this in real time, about what's going to be happening this month and how I can help you with your career transition. So sit back, grab that cup of coffee or cup of tea and enjoy. Hey everybody and welcome to This Woman Can. My guest this week is Carol Stewart, who is the founder of Abounding Solutions, an author of Quietly Visible, Leading with Influence and Impact as an Introverted Woman, which was listed as one of the 10 best self-development books written by women to read during lockdown by Be Your Own. She's an executive career and leadership coach, specializing in introverted women who are senior leaders. Carol coaches women to lead with confidence, influence, and impact. She's been, she has been the featured expert in Women and Home magazine, Good Housekeeping magazine, The Telegraph, and other media publications. She's a LinkedIn Top Voice UK four years running and has received awards for developing women leaders. Not only that, Carol hosts the Quietly Visible podcast and is a semi-regular columnist for the Sheffield Telegraph and a TEDx speaker. So, Carol, all those accolades. Welcome to This Woman Can. Hi, Janice, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. And it's so different for me. I'm very much very much an extrovert. To speak to an uh-huh. extrovert, it's going to be a great conversation. Going to be a great conversation. <laughs> So let's kick off my usual question, Carol. How did you get to where you are today? Right. So it's 10 years since I've been um, doing what I'm doing in my own business. Um, And initially I worked for the UK Ministry of Justice. um, It was what was called the Group Court Manager. I had responsibility for a group of magistrates courts. In 2011, the organisation was going through a restructure um, and my role was being deleted um, along with um, my colleagues across London, well, across the organisation. And so I thought, well, what could I do now? I could have been redeployed into something that I didn't want to do, or I could have taken control of my career. And I decided I wanted to be in control of my career. And I saw this as an opportunity for me to do something different. And when I thought about what it was I could do, I look back over my career, what it was that I was good at and what I had enjoyed. And that thing was coaching. 
was coaching had always been an add-on to what I did as a leader and I got great satisfaction out of just helping somebody to have that belief in themselves and then go on and achieve what they wanted to achieve even if it meant them exiting the organization so I decided that I was going to start my own coaching business and I'd done a lot of in-house coaching training but I didn't have a formal coaching qualification and I wanted to get a deeper understanding of the psychology that underpinned coaching. So I um, took voluntary redundancy, enrolled at university and did a master's in coaching psychology at the same time as starting my coaching business. Excellent, excellent. So you're in a situation where your job is at risk and Mm -hmm. you sound like you're, you sound like right now when you talk about it, you were pretty clear on what you wanted to do. But was yes, that was really was that really the case, or did you have any doubts about you know what next? No, no, I didn't. I was very clear about what I wanted to do, even so much so that before I actually left work, um, I compressed my hours and did a nine-day fortnight so that I could then spend that one day a fortnight doing the research on because I'd never run a business before. Yeah, yeah. Do my yeah. research and getting information um, on running a business. Excellent, excellent. So I, although I was very clear, there were many of my colleagues who weren't. Right. Um, you know, and I remember one particular colleague who I worked quite closely with, and, and she'd been having sleepless nights and she was quite stressed because she was worrying about, I mean, she hadn't opted for redundancy, but she wasn't certain whether she would have a position in the new organisation or whether she would end up being um, given a compulsory redundancy. Right. And, and, I, and, I, and that really sort of highlighted me the difference when you um, are clear about what it is that you want compared to when there is that uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. So, so how did you? One of the things I, I obviously work with women who are in transition and stuff like that. And one of the things, there are a couple of things. First, it's money; it's a big thing that stops them. And second, is having clarity about what to do next. Mm-hmm. So, just in brief, you know, how did you develop that level of clarity? And you know, knowing what you wanted to do, because that was a level of certainty there in an uncertain situation. Yeah. Yeah. So when I so when I um, thought about what I could do next and I thought about uh, as I said, what my skills were and what I really enjoyed doing, what my strengths were, what I was passionate about. Um, and that thing was coaching. Initially, I thought about counselling. Right. But then I thought that because um, I had a few years ago done a, 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 an introduction to counselling skills course. And I did sort of think about maybe pursuing that. But then when I thought about it, I thought that I wanted to work with people in something which was more um, solution focused in terms of um, that empowering them to achieve their goals and that sort of thing. And coaching was more more aligned with what I wanted to do. And so that's why I opted for coaching. Fabulous, fabulous. So what do you think, like you had the clarity, everything was going great, but what do you think was unique about going into business? Probably, a, you know, I'm not going to second guess age and stuff like that, but we're a little maturer in age now. So what do you, <laughs> what, what do you think was unique or, or different about pivoting at that point? You know, what did you see as the challenges or opportunities? I mean, I saw because I, I was in my um, 40s, my early 40s mid 40s at the time um and I thought if I don't do it now I probably never will yeah 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 Yeah. it's not having those not having those regrets that's right yes yes I mean prior to that I'd never once thought about running my own business um and so 
you know, people thought, well, I'd, I'd been in the, you know, in the organization for almost 28 years, started off in a very junior role, worked my way up to a senior leader. Prior to that, I thought I'd probably just like, you know, go to the next level. Yeah. Stay there till I retire. But, um, and people kept thinking, saying to me, oh, you know, you shouldn't do the right thing. Is that what you really want to do? And another thing what helped as well was um, two years pre prior to that, I'd become a Christian as well. Right. And so I also right. saw it as an opportunity to like put my money where my mouth was and just put my faith in God, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. So is there anything, Carol, you wish you'd known? when you embarked on this reinvention? I know you did a lot of you did a lot of homework and stuff like that. You did a lot of preparation, but mm -hmm. is there anything that slipped through the cracks or you didn't, you haven't thought about or just suddenly realized, wow, that is a real thing? But it's, it's not going to happen overnight because I think at the time when I was starting out, there was a lot, particularly on social media, the, oh, you know, you can have a six figure business in 30 yeah. days, yeah. that sort of um, thing. That, and when you don't see that happening straight away, you think that, oh gosh, am I doing this? Is there something wrong with me? Maybe I'm not meant to do this, that sort of thing. So just understand that it is a, um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And make sure that I have the right level, that the right level of support and the support network as well to um, support me. Excellent. And I definitely hear that because one of the things I had to learn was definitely patience in my own mm -hmm. patience with myself and the results because one of the things i discovered is that i was measuring my level of success based on being in the corporate world mm -hmm. and it was a different i'm in a different environment now so i couldn't measure like for like so instead of beating myself up and not achieving those targets i had to look at the targets that were important and they really yeah. came down to more of my values as opposed to say finan financial yeah and that's what i did was i i really i redefined what success meant to me yeah. and it was and it, it, it wasn't just financial it wasn't yeah. just about the the number of zeros it was more than that for me it was also about making a difference um being authentic living my values um and doing work that i was passionate about excellent excellent i'm glad you i'm glad you found that glad you found that so Describe, Carol, one of the biggest challenges you've had um, in, in your career and how you overcame it and the lessons you learned. So when I when I started my business, um, having left employment, like I said, I've been there for almost 28 years. It, it was a big shift to go from being an employee to working for myself. Um, and so not only that, after my redundancy money went out, the panic started <laughs> to set in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> because what, what I did was I, 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 I sort of used the redundancy money to pay myself um, each month right. for a period of time. But then once that, that finished and I still had, wasn't sort of generating the sort of income I was making when I was in employment, the panic started to set in a bit. And I remember that it was sort of coming towards the end of, I think it was 2013. Yeah, the end of 2013. And I thought, well, in the new year, I'm going to look for a part-time job. Um, so that I've still got that income yeah. coming in that will help me to continue to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did in that January. Started looking for work, looking for a part-time job. 
but my heart just wasn't in it mm. and I was mm. doing all these job searches filling out these application forms and, and I thought to myself you know what the effort that I'm putting into looking for something I could yeah. be putting into my business and and I know myself that if I had got a part-time job the kind of commitment that I give to what I do it would be more than a part-time job and I probably wouldn't have time to spend on my business so I decided to right the effort that I'm putting into that I'm going to put into my business and also as well to put my trust in God you know I call myself a Christian take it by his word and that's what I literally did excellent because because as as you said there's a a level of nerve right it's a bit nerve-wracking you're thinking where's the next paycheck Mm. paycheck coming from so how did you get over that level of self-doubt because it is a little bit of a wobble you give me you have a little bit of wobble am I doing the right thing so how do you get past that self-doubt it's recognizing that 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 is what's going on um and you know i think that self-doubt and fear is probably one of the biggest cripples for women in terms of them pursuing what it is that they want um and it's for me it was about well, looking well what what was what what was the worst that could happen and what i could do if the worst was to happen and then once i had that that reassurance that i had options no matter yeah. what then you know that takes away it takes that away yeah. and when you're starting out in business you you've been used to a regular paycheck each month and then to go from not knowing where the next in, where, you know, the next income is going to come from it to me that was a big test yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a big test but um when you start to worry about when you worry and you get you get anxious and then when you're anxious you don't perform as well as you could you it affects your confidence so it's recognizing that that is what is going on and just putting your measures in place I mean I was fortunate I didn't have to go out and get a, a part-time job in the end but you know if if someone is in that sort of situation then that might be what they need to do yeah. it might be that you went out a spare bedroom it might be that you do something just to have that income coming in because if you're worrying about your finances then that is just going to make you feel anxious yeah. and you're not yeah. going to be at your best. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great that you said that because as you said, we always have options, but sometimes we can be so deep into just focusing on the challenge that we can't see the solutions. Um, and so, so, you know, so, and I think you were, for you, you were probably in that mindset thinking about that and both of us being in coaching, I suppose it's something we come across quite often and we just have to ask those questions. You know, what are you not seeing? What are the options that are presenting? What could you do differently? So, yeah, so I, I, li- I like that you overcame that and th- thought some real, all that effort I'm putting to that part-time work, catch you putting to my own business. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, hear, I hear that, I hear that. <laughs> so, Carol, if you had to start your career over from scratch, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? I would say um, just go for what I want and don't hesitate, don't doubt yourself. Um, by the time I, I came to start my business, I had a higher level of self-belief, but I hadn't always, you know, throughout my career, but um, not to doubt myself and just to go for what I want and to also to not be so risk averse. Right, right, right. You talk about, you know, you work with introverted leaders and you're an, you know, you're an introverted leader yourself. So what's you, what qualities or characteristics are probably more unique to an introverted leader or an introverted woman as opposed to somebody who's a little bit more out there? 
Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all about how we interact and engage with the world and how we are energized as well. So people who are introverted are they're more concerned with things which are internal to the mind. And so if things where there's a lot of external uh, stimulation or external um, things going on around them can be overly stimulating. And in those are sorts of environments, it can be draining and which may, may make us want to sort of retreat and go inwards. Yeah. Whereas people who are extroverted, they're um, energized by external events and things that are happening around them being around people that can be energizing for them. Yeah. Um, and they thrive in those sorts of environments. And so it's understanding how, I guess, how we're wired um, to know how we are in different environments. I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions around introversion. People, many people think that someone who's introverted is shy. They lack confidence. They don't like public speaking. Um, but that can be applied to people who are extroverted as well. Very, very true. Um, and it may be that people who are introverted are more quiet but they may not be they may be quite sociable but it's just that being in um certain environments can be draining for them and so you may find that when you're among a group of introverts and there's a lot of people around they may they may seem a bit withdrawn or they may seem a bit quiet and it's probably because they're they're, they're feeling drained from all that external stimulation um and they may just want to just recharge some to go inwards and recharge yeah yeah and we break for a quick word from our sponsors. It's not easy to make a mid-career change and it can be even harder if you don't know what or where to start. If we could go back in time and give our younger selves some advice about how to find happiness in our careers, we would tell ourselves that the key is finding work that matches your values. But in reality, life gets in the way and our career needs become secondary. And when we do feel to make a change in our life, we hesitate. And for most women, this can be a stressful time as they tell themselves they can't change because of finances or maybe they'll fail doing something new. Change Your Career at the Financial Fear is my free five-day program that helps women take control of their careers and life by helping them see the real cost of staying stuck versus taking action towards reaching their goals. This isn't another money mindset program. This is about taking the time to redefine how you think about your personal and professional value and by investing time in yourself now so you can confidently make the best possible decisions for your future sooner rather than later. This program will open your eyes to what it's really costing you to stay stuck and get practical steps to accelerate towards your goal. The program runs monthly and you can register by visiting JaniceSutherland.com. And now back to this week's episode. So, so how did being more of an introvert impact your transition to entrepreneurship, if at all? It, it probably didn't so much. It was probably more so in that I had to, when it came to things around like networking, yeah. um, being in those sorts of environments, it's about, so introverts typically don't like networking um, because introverts typically don't like making small talk. And the, the environments of um, networking can be overstimulating because if there's a lot of activity, a lot of people around, it can be overstimulating. So it's not, I don't enjoy networking, it's being aware that that sort of environment can be quite drained if I spend too long in it. And so it's about making sure that 
in advance that you know I'm as energized as possible so that when I go into it and then after that I make sure that I have the the time to recharge after as well yeah yeah I hear that and hear you saying that I'm not the networking I'm not sure any many, many people like networking but I know I mm. definitely have to kind of um get ready prepare myself because mm -hmm. you know, there's all this, it's an environment where you feel like you may be judged or you like you see, you have to make this small talk and how do you make it interesting? And if it's not interesting enough, well, they're gonna like me. So all these things, I think, yeah, networking is a special beast. Definitely, mm -hmm. a, definitely mm -hmm. a special beast. So Carol, yeah. what, so what advice would you share with any woman embarking on their own transition right now? Because there's a lot, lot lots happened over the past year or so. Yeah. Yeah, so what I would say is have a plan. So get clear about what it is that you want. Absolutely. What is it that you want to do? What that looks like? Try and, try and visualize what that looks and feels like as well. And then work out what it is that you need to do in order to make it happen. If you're not sure about what it is that you want to do, think about what your skills are, what your strengths are, what you enjoy doing, whether you want to work for yourself, whether you want to work for an organization, if you're wanting to work for yourself, think about how you can utilize your skills and your strengths and what you're passionate about to make an income. You know, where is, where is there a gap in the market for what it is that you do? Or um, yes, get clear about what it is that you want to do. If you're wanting to continue in employment, working for somebody, then think about the sorts of organizations that you want to work for and the values of the organizations that you want to work for as well. And you know, utilize LinkedIn to, to have a look at those organizations um, to see what, you know, who works there, maybe connect with people that work at those organizations and find out what it is actually like working for them as well. Because quite often organizations, you know, they'll have their value statements <laughs> on their websites, but what they they don't actually walk the talk. So yeah, it's yeah. you know, speaking to people who are in the organization to find out whether that is the kind of organization that you want to work for. Excellent. That's great advice. Like you say, small organizations only show the shiny bits. So we have to do our due, we have to do our due diligence to find out. That's right. And, and, you, and you, can, you can do that. You can find out. Yeah. Um, there's, there's websites like Glassdoor where you can yeah. go on and see what people, as employees are saying about an organization as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Thank you. It's very solid advice. So thanks very much for that. So, Carolyn, in your in your uh, your estimated opinion, considered opinion, or whatever, what do you think holds women back from going for their goals? I think um, I would say for the majority of times, it's themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, even though they may, um, I know I, when, when I get my clients come for coaching, they may present a particular challenge, a particular issue. It might be that they're not getting promoted. It might be that they're not having the influence that they want. But I would say nine times out of 10, there's internal stuff that we need to deal with before we can deal with the external, that imposter syndrome, self-doubt, fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of success. And once we deal with those internal challenges and those personal, what I call mindset issues, yeah. then we can focus on the external. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So we're coming down to our last few questions. We'll get you out of the hot seat, Carol. Um, so share with us a success quote or a mantra that you use and why it's meaningful to you. So one for me, it's a scripture um, and it's Matthew 6, 20, 
35 to 34, I think it is. And it talks about not worrying about um, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to, how you're going to, you know, live, that sort of thing. Because, yeah. and then it talks about how the, the flowers, you know, they've got, they're all clothed and um, how the birds have all that they want to eat. You don't see them worrying about where they're going to get their next food from um, and that we should seek God before everything. Um, and, that, and then all oh, that will be added to us. And, you know, that was something that I applied when I was going through that difficult stage where the other two men was when head went out and I was worrying about how I'm going to pay the bills and that sort of thing. I literally applied that. So anytime that I started to worry, I would apply that to my situation and remember that. Excellent. Excellent. So you could put you in good stead, led you well. Yeah. Led you well. Yes. So, so if you could choose your own mentor, who would it be and why? Michelle Obama. Oh, she's a popular one. <laughs> <laughs> she is, isn't she? But I, I, I just think she's a phenomenal woman. Um, she is, she, she holds her own. Yes. She, um, you know, she's got, you know, when you, when you sort of look back over her, her history, her career, what she's been through, um, and yet she has been, um, you know, she's, she's dignified, she's empowering, she's motivated. Um, and when you think what, what she's been through as, as the first lady of the United States of America, as a black woman as well, yeah. um, and was able to do to deliver that with such poise and confidence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and just literally just make it brush off her shoulder and say... That's right, yes. Yeah. And, and not let it bother <laughs> her. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely a lot to admire, Michelle definitely yeah so so what are the three things carol have you learned about yourself during your career one of the first that um getting to know myself um yeah i, I think it's been like getting to know who i really am right is important because once i really got to know and accept myself as who i am that has enabled me to become all that i want to be or, you know, go after what I want and not hold myself back. Um, and I learned that that was what I was probably doing right. many years ago. Another thing that I've learned about myself is that, you know, what my strengths are, mm. you know, and what it is that I'm good at and what my, where my passions lie as well. And when I'm operating in, in my strengths and utilising them, that is where... I'm at my, my optimal. So I know when I am at my optimal and I know the things that enable me to be at my optimal. I know the things that um, I don't enjoy particularly doing, which it's not always a good thing because then you sometimes, you know, tend to leave those things that you don't enjoy doing. But I, but I know what my strengths are. Um, and another thing that I've learned about myself is that I'm a very resilient woman. Yeah. Excellent. And I love the bit you said about accepting yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, just to dig a little, just a tiny bit deeper, what, what, what do you think, probably one of the key things you weren't accepting about who you were that you do now that have made you successful? <laughs> um, I think it was one introversion. So I grew up in Sheffield, um, only black girl in my class. Yeah. And even though I didn't experience any direct racism, yeah. there, were, there was a, a particular experience when I was, uh, I think I was in the first year of junior school, that 
really made me realize how different I was. And it was a, there was a game, we went through this phase of playing the game. It was me and like three white, of my white friends. Um, and they always wanted me to be the maid or the servant. And it didn't feel right to me that yeah. I was always being the one that was being um, picked to do that. And so, I mean, I complained and I said, well, it's not fair. They'd say, let's take a vote. And of course, I, they all voted for me to be. But back then, I, was, I didn't have the confidence to say, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, and I'm going to go find someone else to play with. And that made me realise that I was different. And probably without even realising it, didn't really accept myself as I was, as an introverted black girl um, with my hair, my natural Afro yeah. hair yeah. as well. Because as a, as, a, as a black girl, I didn't see people like me in the yeah. media. Yeah. Um, when you saw what the media ideal of beauty was, it did not look like yes. me. Yeah. Um, and also being introverted as well, you know, you, you see that the ideal, there's, there's a term called the extrovert ideal. Um, Susan Cain, who wrote a book called The Power of Introverts in the World That Can't Stop Talking, talks about the extrovert ideal. And it's so that, that is a widely held belief that the ideal self is alpha, gregarious, and comfortable in the spotlight. Right. And so if you don't fit that ideal, yeah. then you think that, well, you know, is it, is it me? Mm. But as I've come to accept myself, accept that, you know, I am, I am beautiful. I'm a, I, was, I was a beautiful black woman, except my natural Afro hair. Um, and that has just been, yeah, except my introversion. Yeah. That, has, yeah. that was world changing for me. Yeah. Game changing for me. That's lovely. And, 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 I, and I hear you because, you know, I think there's quite a few of us that have probably grown up in that era and had those experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's another battle we've had to fight. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's another back, you know, and, and it's sometimes difficult. It's probably why, why I'm so particular about who I work with in the fact mm -hmm. that those journeys, I can, I can understand and relate to that journey yeah. far more than a, say, a Caucasian coach or something like that would, because we wouldn't, we wouldn't dismiss it. We understand, mm. you know, it's, a, it's something that happened and you may yeah. not see the, you may not see the nuances of how it impacted us, but we certainly felt it. That's, that's right. Yes. And, you know, when I, when I look back again, I think, oh my gosh, you know, as a child, like, I remember me, my sister, and maybe you even played this game. We'd put like towels or cardigans on our heads and pretend that we yes, had like, hair. Like, <laughs> I mean, imagine what that does yeah. to the... Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's it's very mm. true. I think we even used mom's tights because you could plait it <laughs> and have a long plait down the back, you know. So, it just flashed in my mind then. I was like, see, this is, this is the things we did so we could just yeah. swish. <laughs> I didn't think of that one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, very ingenious, very ingenious. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And that's a lot of insight. And I think there's a like I said, a lot of women, a lot of black women who've experienced very yeah. small could count their own, could recount their own experiences. And for us, having lived it, we didn't see. No, that's you don't right. see what's happening. Yeah. You accepted it because mm. that's how things were. Yeah. You know, it's not till you get older and you look at you go, hang on a minute, was that that was that what happened or what did that mean or mm -hmm. is that all that meant and 
You know, so thanks. I really thank you for sharing that. Being yeah. so transparent. And the, the, sad, the sad thing is, there are many women who haven't got to that place of acceptance of who yeah. they are, self acceptance. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, last couple of questions, promise. Mm -hmm. Where will we find you, Carol, on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m.? So, Saturday morning at 10 a.m., it, it all depends. Some, sometimes I might be meeting up with a friend, meeting up with a family member. Or I might just be at home chilling after a busy week. Yeah. Um, sometimes I work on a Saturday. I try not to, but sometimes I do. Yeah. Um, it happens, it happens. And my last question is, what does success feel like to you, Carol? Success for me is it's just being at, uh, being at peace and making making a difference through my work and um, not just making a difference and an impact through my work, but also having the, the, the financial recompense from that as well, yeah. but, but having that piece as well about me. So even if um, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily in a position where I want to be or I'm still working towards what I want to be as long as I have that peace and I know that I'm moving forward yeah. to achieve working towards my goals and moving to achieve them then I feel successful excellent excellent and definitely my last question if people if, if women are listening and want to know more about what you do or get to connect want to connect with you how can they do that so they can go to my website aboundingsolutions.com um and come fill out the contact button um or connect to me on linkedin i'm very active on linkedin so you know do connect to me on linkedin follow me or send me a connection request excellent excellent so thank you for that carol it was a great conversation um as i said thank, thank you so transparent sharing with me and the and our listening audience listening and watching viewing audience thank you so much for joining me this week well, thank you, Janice. I've enjoyed our chat. Excellent. Thank you. So there we have it. And I hope you enjoyed that first interview for 2022 with Carol Stewart. And the real, I said the big takeaway, or the main takeaway for me was how many things um, from your childhood can actually impact you as you go into adulthood and your self-esteem and your self-doubt, your self-confidence and how that really shapes your future. Now, I promised you at the top of the show that there will be some news about activities that you'll want to be part of that will help you with your own career, um, your own career transition as you're going forward. Now, the first thing I want to share, if you listen to this in, in real time, is that I have my first LinkedIn Live for 2022. And it takes place on Thursday, the 20th of January at 11.30 Atlantic time, 3.30 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time. And it's all about how to have a career you deserve. And I'll be sharing the secrets to confidently transitioning careers when you're over 40 without looking back. And it's going to be a great session. I'm going to be sharing you sharing with you my transition journey, including the successes, the mistakes, the learnings, the insights, because we know how challenging it can be and how scary it can be. I'm talking from first hand experience to actually make that own career transition, especially when you're a successful black woman over 40 and you want to pivot careers, but we're facing those challenges from societal expectations and biases, as well as our own internal mindset blocks. So as I said, 
That's a LinkedIn Live. You've joined LinkedIn or you can connect me on LinkedIn. I am Janice Sutherland. And it'll be a lunchtime session, my first lunchtime session on Thursday, the 20th of January. And then on the 24th of January, I start the next intake of the Change Your Career Without the Financial Fear, my free five-day program that really helps you to really look at what it is you want out of your career or the fact that it's not just about money that's impacting in you in your your career transition. And if you want to know how good it is, let me just share with you one of the testimonials I had back from the last session I did in December. This is feedback from Lynette. Janice's programme and approach is a winning combination. I found her to be very engaging but not intrusive. The brief activities challenged me to be very introspective and honest and Janice discussed practical ways for me to move forward. I took a few small steps during those five days and regained a measure of confidence that has started my momentum to great achievements. So you see, it's not just me saying, it's the participants. And as I said, we go live again the 24th of January for five days. And all it takes about an hour of your day for five days for you to have that change and that impact on your career. So to sign up is easy. Just head over to JanisSutherland.com. You can register there. And I really look forward to meeting you on the next programme. So two dates we can connect, as I said, this month, the 20th of January for my LinkedIn Live and the 24th for the new start of the Change Your Career Without Financial Fear five-day programme. Can't wait to meet you. So without further ado, that's it for this week. And as always, remember, if I can, you can, this woman can. Take care until next time. 